bring about in the body the putting to death of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who are alive are always being delivered unto death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then, death operates in us, but life in you. 2 Corinthians 4, verses 10 through 12. This week we continued the series titled, Doing the Will of God, with responses from Brother Ron Kangas to questions related to bitterness, faith, and suffering. This meeting was held during a conference in Wycliffe, Ohio in April 2016. A link to the full audio can be found in the episode notes. This is your meeting. It's not a ministry meeting. It's not a conference meeting. And I would hope you would be free to bring up any matter that's important to you and bring it up for fellowship. I won't pretend with you. If I have no idea what to say, then I won't say anything. If I have something to offer in fellowship, I'll offer it in all sincerity and just leave it to you. So it's, it's open to anything that matters to you is, can be a subject of fellowship. So I have to pause now. I don't have any pieces of paper, but we have someone with a question. Yes. Ernest, when um, the Lord doesn't, you know, meet the need that you have, like I'm still single and I'm old, so how do you deal with that in the Lord? And the second thing is, how do you deal with unbelief when it's bombarding you so much, like especially reading the ministry or listening to the messages, sometimes my mind spirals down like this can't be true. And Those are my two questions. Okay. Uh, let's, let's take them in, in the order you mentioned them. <coughs> it matters like this. We need to be honest and genuine with the Lord about what we're really feeling and thinking. <laughs> Now, he already knows, he hasn't dispatched an angel to strike you for feeling that way. He's not shocked. So here you are. You are bitter like the children of Israel were murmuring. They were bitter when, when they were thirsty and the only water was bitter water. That's a picture in Exodus. Then according to the picture, Moses called out to God. God said to Moses, cut a branch from this tree and put it in the water, and the water was healed. Okay, if you have bitterness, then our Lord cares for anything that you care about. Whatever matters to you, matters to Him. But what matters most is you yourself. So if you have bitterness, you bring this to the Lord with this consideration. Are you willing for the Lord to touch it? 
I raise this because sometimes we hold on to negative feelings because they can empower us at times. In marriage life, this can happen. If everything is forgiven and forgotten, then the wife loses the weapons to bring it up again and again. Then the Lord, if your intention is not to be bitter, because this is damaging you, it's killing your enjoyment, it's giving you a grim view of your future, then the Lord will have a way as the life-giving spirit to apply the crucified Christ in resurrection to the bitterness in your being. It will be removed. One day in the winter of 1971, some of us were alive in 1971, I was just driving along and going to my job and I became convicted of something. There's a verse in Colossians, husbands, love your wives. And then Paul says, do not be bitter against them. He says this to husbands. Then that verse was alive in me and I became aware of just a pocket of bitterness toward my dear wife. I didn't know it was there. It was like an inflamed boil in me. And when I acknowledged it, Lord, I do have this intense bitterness. Immediately, the Lord applied the cross like a, a lance to open it, to drain it out. And while I was driving, the Spirit in me composed a song. Dig away, dig away, dig away. So I know what it is to be bitter. And I know what it is to have the bitterness drained away. You need to allow the Lord to apply the effectiveness of the cross in resurrection to that part of your being. Then it will be drained away. The water becomes sweet. The outward situation may or may not change. I would never try to comfort anyone with false hope by saying, surely this will happen. Surely that will happen. I have no right to say, a year from now, the brother will be manifested. I can't say that. But I can say the bitterness can readily be healed. Regarding unbelief or uh, a lack of faith, this, like bitterness, is a matter of our inner being. On the one hand, we need to guard ourselves from a heart of unbelief. That is, from a heart that is prone not to believe God. This is what was in the ten spies. We said the land is good, but there are giants there and we cannot overcome them. They had an evil heart of unbelief. But what you should do is simply tell the Lord where you are. I can't believe this. Okay? God knows 
Human beings do not have the ability to exercise genuine faith in Him and in His Word. Human beings can believe lots of weird things. I mean, it's incredible. You've got men of various ages down in Hades in torment, wondering where the 70 black-eyed virgins are that they're supposed to get if they blew themselves up as suicide bombers. So we can believe all kinds of stuff, but to believe in God and His Word, that kind of faith comes from God. And simply to ask Him, Lord, increase my faith, the Lord does not expect you all by yourself to be able to believe. Faith is a gift from God that is infused into us through His Word, through His shining. This may be direct, it may be through fellowship. But He's not bothered by either one of these as long as our attitude is, I don't willfully stay in this condition then that gives him the ground to do what he needs to do to take care of us. Okay? That's a response. So you just consider whether that's a benefit or not. Okay? Yes? I was wondering if, um, I was wondering if there's a distinction between uh, suffering due to our failures in our natural man, and also suffering that produce ministry for the body. Okay. This is uh, an important matter for the long run. After Brother Lee had the life study training on 2 Corinthians, which deals with ministry produced through the cross, he was visiting in a certain place, kind of infamous, for certain, quote, spiritual sisters. And one of them called a hymn on each blow I suffer is true gain to me. They thought, this is a deep spiritual hymn. This is what we are experiencing. Then when Brother Lee began to minister, he corrected the calling of that hymn, then he spoke about different kinds of suffering. Because those that aspire to be spiritual, they make every kind of suffering the category of Colossians 1.24. I'm making up what is lacking for the sufferings of Christ, for His body, the church. I failed my Ph.D. qualifying exams, but I'm making up what is lacking of the sufferings of Christ. No, this is not the sufferings of Christ. You didn't adequately prepare for the exam. That's why you failed it. It has nothing to do with the body of Christ. So there are really three categories, at least, of sufferings. One is, we suffer along with everybody else, because we're in the old creation. And because we're vulnerable physically, 
to various illnesses, then we may uh, suffer along with anybody else. In and of itself, there's no particular spiritual benefit. God is not punishing you. This is the suffering in the old creation. Okay. However, it is profitable as long as you can be simple about it. It is profitable for you to ask the Lord, is there anything He is trying to gain through this suffering? Don't analyze. Just open to Him if you are inclined to do so. A second kind of suffering is that we suffer the consequences of our mistakes. So here's a dear brother. He's zealous for the gospel. He loves to read the Bible. And he's employed by a certain company. But he is habitually late for work. And he is warned. But he continues to be late for work. So he's fired from the job, not because of the gospel's sake, not because of the body of Christ, but because he's a lousy employee and he's late all the time. So we should not spiritualize that kind of suffering. But, okay, you mentioned sufferings for the formation of ministry. Those come as a necessity when a brother or sister has presented himself to the Lord in response to the Lord's operation in him to take the way of ministry. When you make that decision, then the Lord knows He has to do a particular work on you. Not mainly for your benefit, but mainly that in the long run, saints and churches, maybe whole countries, can receive spiritual supply through you. So, we shouldn't go by a process of elimination. Well, I don't think this is a common suffering in the old creation. I, I have been proper in my work or in all the areas of my human life. I don't believe this is a discipline. But if you have not presented yourself to the Lord for Him to form this in you, it may not yet be that, but it could be leading that. So these are the categories. Again, when any particular thing takes place, we have a tendency and we will benefit ourselves and we will save others a lot of suffering, unnecessary suffering, if we stop expressing our opinions about why this is happening to someone or why it's happening to you.
Just go to the Lord and open to the Lord. Tell Him what's going on and inquire of Him. What is this? There is a fourth category that I have to mention because we are in a complex situation. When something is a direct attack from the enemy that God does not allow to happen, then that is something that should be and can be resisted. That we've seen this in the lives of saints. They're undergoing a certain kind of suffering. This is just the enemy. They should not passively yield to it as if everything is God's operation in them. But by prayer and fellowship, we're able to discern this is from the enemy. We reject this. We will take what is from God, but we will not take something from the enemy that God does not allow the enemy to do. So now we have four categories. I cannot make your life simple at the beginning. It has to become complex. Then the cross eventually simplifies everything. But the key is to maintain your fellowship with the Lord. What is the meaning of this? What is the purpose of this? Do I have anything are you speaking to me about this? So here's an instance. For many, many years, I hardly ever got sick. And I didn't become mortally ill, but I was really had a terrible cold and flu symptoms on a weekend. And on a Monday, I had planned and arranged to do a certain positive thing. And when I got sick, I said to myself and indirectly said to the Lord, no matter how I feel, Monday afternoon, I will do this. I am a man of will. My ancestors were noted for being men of will. I will do it. No matter what fever, no matter what, I will do it. And shortly after I said that, the light came. This is why you are sick. This is a discipline, not a punishment. This is a discipline. Because I do not want you to do that very good thing. But you are setting your will against me and wanting to do it. <clears throat> trusting in the strength of your will. So that is why I let you get sick. And there things stayed for a while until I repented. Not just of the decision, but of the stubbornness. And as soon as I had a genuine repentance, not a dutiful, shallow Religious repentance. My will was set. My ancestors from Finland, they were tough. The Russians always beat them because they outnumbered them. 
Not because they were tougher. They just had more of them. So here I am, totally in the old man. And the Lord wanted, he was aiming at the will. How can you live before me with such a will? Then I realize it's not just the matter. It's the will that was underlying the matter. So I let it go. I turned to the Lord. I repented to Him. I yielded voluntarily on the level of will. And immediately the symptoms began to disappear. And then ten years later or so in the Lord's time, I did that very good thing. But not relying upon the stubborn will of an old Finn fighting Russians. <laughs> the deepest level of oneness with the Lord is on the level of the harmony of our will to His. Okay? Now, don't be bothered. This is the last part of our soul to be transformed. So don't be shocked if you have your own incident instances of your will is set, you're going to do it. You're just this diminutive sister, five, one and three quarters in height. You weigh 102 pounds. But is your will ever powerful? And then when it's the right time, the Lord knows you. He's not angry at you. He's not punishing you. But you did pray once upon a time, Lord, go anywhere you want in my being. Touch any part of my being. I want you to work yourself into me. So now he's coming. Here I am. I'm aiming at your will. I won't violate your will. But I'm not going to relieve the pressure until you decide to say amen. Then you have a good fight. Don't misunderstand me. It's better to have an honest struggle with the Lord than kind of a phony, religious, outward, virtually meaningless compliance. Yes, Lord. I'm not teaching you to fight against God. But Jacob, he didn't play around. The wrestling match began. He didn't say, I yield. It went on for hours. For hours. Sometimes it's like that. Thank you for joining us today. To hear the complete recording and other messages, please visit livingtohim.com. If you would like to receive regular updates from us, please subscribe to this podcast and join our mailing list on our website. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, where our handle is at livingtohim.com.